Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast, brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 648, recorded live on Saturday, August 29th, 2020. And here are your hosts, the man who had a busy evening tonight, Dave Play. Hey! And the man who had a busy day from start to finish, Andy Lowe. Hi. Yeah, uh, uh, my my day was not very busy. It mostly consisted of sitting and playing Final Fantasy X. Yeah, that's 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 not being busy. No, no, I I was free and clear. It was supposed to be busy today. I had like three or four things that just kind of fell through. Like people on the other side were like, "Ah, uh, hey, let's do this thing." I'm like. Cool, I'm open on Saturday. I'm like, cool. And then Saturday rolls around, and I'm like, hey, are we doing this thing? And they're like, ah, uh, can't. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll keep playing Final Fantasy X. Mm. But then I had um, my my Pathfinder game. And so we went and played that, and that was a lot of fun. What yeah. about you, Andy? What did you do today? What was uh, so busy? Well, we got up... Uh, Around 8 this morning and started getting Isaac ready to go to the zoo. So we did the the Battle Creek Zoo, the Binder Park Zoo. Nice. Um, till about noon. Isaac was kind of done with it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, then fell asleep on the car ride home. So after lunch, when we got home, uh, he did not want to take a nap. No, no. Yeah, so that that afternoon nap period never really materialized. And then we went to the park for a bit. Um so yeah, I was chasing him around the play structures. And then we had uh we got back. I grabbed I went out grabbed dinner cuz tonight was book club. Oh cool. So we had dinner, then book club. And then after book club, I put Isaac down, and by the time Isaac went down, it's time to set up for the podcast. Yeah. So it's been it's been a busy day. <laughs> what was the book club book? Um, it was some vampire romance novel. I forgot what it was okay. called. You you read it? Yes. Oh yes. No, of course. I have kept my streak alive. But you don't know what it was called. Nope. You just read it. Not only did you just read it. You just had a like hour and a half long conversation about it. Mm-hmm. I take it it was not a good book. Not memorable, no. Clearly not. <laughs> what was, was the plot? <laughs> um this lady works for uh she's a uh wait staff at a restaurant. Um she's an aspiring chocolatier. Uh, she witch- she witnesses a mob hit in the restaurant, so she uh, she runs away, and in a case of mistaken identity, basically she uh, stumbles upon this Halloween town type of place, and falls in love with a vampire, an actual vampire, not a person playing a vampire, but the the Halloween town is full of actual. Supernatural beings. Right. So. Okay. 
And that's that's just kind of where that is. Yeah, it's a romance novel, so, you know, no surprise. They fall in love with each other. <clears throat> so. Okay. I know. That's that that doesn't sound like a you enjoyed that very much, did you? It was okay. It was uh it was it was a very fluff book, which you know yeah. kinda need fluff in, you know, times like now. Yeah, I can I can get behind that as a sentiment. Yeah. Need fluff. Yes. Oh, also uh my condolences to the, the family of Chadwick Bozeman. Yes. That one we caught last night when I was uh, ready about to go to bed, and I was just like, well, shit. That that came out of nowhere. Well, he literally kept it secret from everybody. Like, literally every single... I mean, he Marvel, had to... Every single Marvel movie that he was yeah. in, when it was filming, he had stage three colon cancer. While he Holy was filming, every Jesus. every sing, yes, every single time you see him on film, stage three colon cancer at the time. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean Marvel had to know, right? Like he had to disclose that to them. I I don't know. It's uh, a lot of the people are you know not you know a lot of his coworkers and other you know Marvel characters were just like no idea. You know, it never, never came up, never noticed it. So it's, uh, yeah, his, uh, his announcement on Twitter is actually now the most like, uh, tweet in the history of Twitter. So that's good. Yeah. 2020, man. Mm-hmm. 2020 has been a hell of a year. It's, it's weird. Because simultaneously, I'm like, how is it already September? And also, how has the last nine months or eight months felt like two years? Because it has, right? Like, oh my god. I don't know, man. I know, it's... Catman, I'm still just thinking, like, back in February... Like, part of my brain still thinks we're, like, back in February, March. That was years ago. Mm-hmm. What? Oh, God. Yeah, my sense of time is just, like, totally effed up. Mm-hmm. When was February? It was... That was... What was li- happening? That was basically right when everything just started to surface. That was when we knew there was a thing in China and it was spreading. Right, because yeah. March is when we're like shut everything down. February is when we probably, hindsight being what it is, we probably should have said shut it down in February. We didn't. Yeah. March third and fourth was the 2020 Great Lakes Media Show, which I went to in person. And right then, there was, you know, all that that was that was basically like. The last in-person group event. Group event. When was the Wisconsin Wisconsin cheese competition? In twenty twenty, that was February seventeenth to nineteenth. 
I had a friend who went to the World Championship Cheese Competition. And he looked back at that a month later and said, that was a terrible idea. Yep. It's going to feel so weird when we can do this again in person. Like, not the podcast. We could... We could do the podcast in person. We just stay on very far sides of the room from each other. Mm-hmm. But like doing actual things in person is going to be really messed up. When are you going to feel comfortable doing that? What will it take? I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm still. Uh, hold on. Let me look at the the Michigan daily cases. It's Sunday, so I'm not sure if they actually put any out. I look at Friday. Can I log in or do I need to be? I think I need to be VPN. And if I VPN in, I think it kills this or messes with this connection. Yeah, it's not fun. Uh, Michigan reports 800 new coronavirus cases, 21 deaths. Yep, state health officials reported 800 new positive cases this Saturday and 21 new deaths. Uh, seven were late additions identified during record searches. So yeah, no, um, uh, yeah, not not so much. Seven-day moving average, 800 cases per day. That puts us right around, hey, look at that, January, February, <laughs> March. When cases were around 800, seven-day average was 800-plus cases. Lovely. Yeah. Okay, this is this has been depressing already. <laughs> Let's find something else. I'm I'm looking at your things here. Um, we could talk about can, Elon Musk and his pigs. Can we talk for a second about Elon Musk and what the hell is going on with Tesla stock? Oh God, I haven't looked at Tesla stock. <laughs> what's is it even what's, worse? Wait, wait before you look. Before you look, what's the last value you know the stock was at? It was it was something crazy because we talked about this like last week or the week before. It was yeah. something crazy like two thousand or something like that. Go look, two thousand two hundred. Andy, that's a ten percent increase in two weeks, and that's down. You're looking at the close of Friday. Look at what it was at the open of Friday. 2300 Jizo Pete's 52 week high 2318 52 week low 218 so if you bought Tesla at the beginning of the year or during like the covid crash back in March you have made 10 times as much money yep the stock splits this weekend. Ah. It is supposed to... Was this a four to one or five? I think it's a five to one. Oh, jeez. Five to one split. Jeez, oh, Pete, <clears throat> Yep. Trading on Monday is going to be interesting. Because everyone who's got it is going to sell it. But a lot of people are going to buy it because now it's a lot cheaper again. Yes. So if you have a lot of people selling, 
the price should go down. Down, but you have a lot. But of you have a lot buy. of people buying. The price goes up. Mm-hmm. So, any guesses? No idea. Plus, you know, the stock market seems to be completely disconnected from reality. Oh my god, it is totally disconnected. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Mr. Musk has had a good week. I think is is the best way to put it. He's had a very good week. Now, wait, wasn't there supposed to be SpaceX launches this weekend? Were there? Don't you have the SpaceX app that like tells you whenever there is? Yeah, okay, so okay, latest changes. Electron got delayed. Falcon 9 Starlink 11 got delayed. Atlas 5 got delayed. August 26th. August 27th, Delta 4 got scrubbed. Electron got delayed. Falcon 9 got delayed. August 28th, they all got delayed. I mean... Delta 4 got scrubbed. I I can't imagine the weather this week was favorable for launches, given a hurricane just went across, you know, most of the country. Um, Well, the the thing is that... um, Okay, so there's a Delta 4 Heavy... That's currently sitting on one of the launch sites at Cape Canaveral. And you've got two Falcon 9s um, sitting also. Well, one at Cape Canaveral, one at Kennedy Space Center. Which, Mm -hmm. fun fact, different places. Yet, you know, basically down the street from each other. Um, So, if I remember correctly, people were talking about how one one of the Falcons... Um, is scrubbed basically until the Delta Four Heavy launches because the Delta Four Heavy is currently holding a classified um, spy satellite for the National <laughs> Reconnaissance Office, and the, the Falcon Nine launch path literally takes it directly over the launch pad that has the Delta Four Heavy on it. So the National Reconnaissance Office is basically saying, "Yeah, no, we don't want that other rocket." <laughs> <laughs> flying directly over our rocket. So, please don't. Yeah, please don't do that. Okay. So SpaceX is is launching... Supposedly... SpaceX seems to be doing pretty well. Supposedly two... Two... Um, two launches tomorrow. One at 10 in the morning, one at 7 o'clock at night. Supposedly, there's going to be two of them launching. And then... Just for a kicker, the Electron launch out in New Zealand is going to launch at 11.05. So you could actually, if you're a, if you're a launch buff, which, you know, we're recording this podcast before this happens, but everybody's hearing this after this happens. So this may sound great. It may sound ridiculous. Um, but there might be three uh, rocket launches that you could watch tomorrow. Which is just to me crazy. So that's that's some interesting and good news. Possibly mm-hmm. three rocket launches. That'd be good. Let me, um, let me, just, let me just verify that one though, because I'm looking at some. Okay. Uh, yeah, SpaceX says that they're gonna currently looks like yeah looks like two of them. Wow, that's gonna be crazy. So. So how many companies does Elon Musk have now? Because he's got Tesla. He's got SpaceX. 
He's got the boring company. And now, evidently, this Neuralink company? Well, he's had Neuralink for over a year. Remember that. But, yeah, no, he is hes trying to have a company that literally will insert chips into your brain. For what? What is he hoping to get out of this? Basically to read your ba- your brain and warn you of things. Uh, right now, the link By will inserting- measure... Yeah. The link will measure the patient's temperature, pressure, and movement, potentially providing early warnings about imminent heart attacks or stroke, says Elon. <laughs> and all you have to do is implant <laughs> chips in your head. I get it. I get it. I understand, right? It's, it's Elon Musk. It's development. It's pushing the boundaries of existing technology, right? He doesn't actually expect people to go and do this now it's that you he wants to do this to push it to the next level which if you watch the thing there there were three pigs that he had talked about yeah yeah he had uh he uh, during the live demonstration he uh showed off three pigs okay one was a pig who was just a pig yeah that was joyce uh who was the other uh, dorothy dorothy had the surgery with the robotic thing to implement into the pig brain, uh, but then had it subsequently removed. Okay. So, pig's still okay. And then, uh, who was the last one? Gertrude. There we go. Gertrude still had the implementation in there. And any time um, Gertrude smelled something tasty, the link picked up and recorded those signals. Are we concerned, and by we, I mean like you and me, that... The the difference between reading and writing is going to be vanishingly small. What do you mean? So it was able to pick up and record the signals for you smell something tasty. Mm-hmm. How big a step is it to play back those signals? Oh... What Michael Crichton book was that about? Was that Congo? Mm. Lawnmower Man. No. Is Lawnmower Man even Crichton? No, no, it's not. Hold on. As soon as I look at the list, because I've literally read, I think, all his books. All right. Where's a freaking just book list? I mean, it's, it's one of the plot points of Ingress. Oh, The Terminal Man. Yes. That's what it was. Yeah, Terminal Man. Actually, you know what? I haven't actually read all his books because I still have not read Eaters of the Dead yet. Looking looking at this list, I still have not read Eaters of the Dead. I've read literally everything else on this list. That's a lot. It's, you know, he was, you know, I, I caught Jurassic Park and then I read, you know, Sphere and Congo and... A drama and a strain, and the great train robbery, you know. And then I just, you know, was like, "Oh, Michael Crichton, I like his writing." So, you know, right. So, anyway, getting back to the topic at hand, what, like, are are you afraid of that? I know I am. I'm. I know that there is a difference between reading and writing when it comes to brain activity, and like 
inducing a, a current through the brain is not going to really work. It's, it's not something we have, but it's not something we have yet. I'm, I'm a little terrified of that. Like all of a sudden you're programming someone's brain. Well, we have done, you know, you, you've done some nerve control, not not a lot though, but you can you know. I feel like it's a lot easier to read than it is to write. You can you can monitor all the signals you want, you know. But trying to to stick an electrode in my brain to have me you know do something. That's. that's so what if what if what if what if what if I put the system in you, mm-hmm. and I record. Uh, like when I punch you in the gut. Now that's not a very pleasant experience, right? No, I've punched you in the gut, but now I've got the recording of that. Yes, I have all of the data that your brain did when you got punched in the gut, and then I hook it up to a camera, and I have the camera hooked into a chip, and I've got the chip that's interfacing with your brain, and every time you, uh. Go underground. I play back the punch in the gut. You're try, trying to recreate that in our. It's it's basically just like gene sequencing. So we can we can we can look at mice and go, okay, this gene, you know, causes obesity, or you know, obese mice all have this gene. Basically, yeah. what it is. You, know, you have a whole bunch of mice. You have some that are obese, some that are not. Which ones? You know, you, you, you but, do a gene. But this sequence. isn't a predisposition. This is literally playing back the state of your brain and the changes that happen in your brain when you get punched in the gut. Yes. Okay. What I'm trying, I'm, tra- I'm saying is, you could go. Okay. You know, these things fired when you got punched in the gut. Y- are those the actual, you know, causes of things, or is it a causation from the punch in the gut? You know, if I just poke a bunch of things there, is that going to make you feel that? I, I feel like this is very complicated things that are probably not going to be figured out in our lifetime without ginormous leaps in artificial intelligence. Yes, I realize this is talking about Elon Musk, who is putting AI in every single car in existence, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, isn't that part of the purpose of Neuralink, is to build an AI? I do believe so, yeah. He's probably just using this to capture as much. Also, supposedly, the chip has been tested on primates, where a monkey has been able to control a computer with its brain. So, you know. Which, granted, this is not the first time we've done you know, brain-to-computer interface or brain-to-machine interfaces. I mean, they've, they've been doing this with prosthetics for I don't know how long. So, you know, this is not first. It's just Musk doing his over-the-top craziness. Be interesting to watch. Is it going to move anything beyond the simple stuff in our lifetime? I highly doubt it. I don't. In our lifetime, I do not doubt that. Nor do I think that we should put it off and say, like, oh, that's not going to happen in our lifetime. Like, there's some serious shit coming that we 
have a, a moral obligation to work out the the ethical implications. We can't even handle the ethical implication and laws of our current environment. And that's because people 35 to 45 years ago fucked up and dropped the ball. It wasn't even 35 to 45 years ago. It was 20 years ago. Yeah. Not, well, yeah, Reagan probably. Nixon going into Reagan. Well, don't okay, look. hang Crap. on, hang Nixon, on. Andy? Nixon is actually, wow, that long ago, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> like, Andy, how long ago was Reagan? Reagan was like, yeah, about 40 years. Shit. <laughs> so, guy, it wasn't the people 35 to 45 years ago. It was like Nixon and Reagan. And like, Andy, Nixon was in the 70s? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was 45 years ago. <laughs> When did when did Nixon resign? Nixon resigned August eighth, nineteen seventy four. I was going to say seventy four. I was actually going to say seventy four. That was forty six years ago. Oh, I know. No, I was looking at. I was working out at one of our old transmitter sites. The site had been around since nineteen. 19- well, this site had been around since 1938. Yep. It was one of those things where it's like, you know what? It's like, holy it's, crap, this site has been around. These these towers have years. been up, you know, for, you know, I'm looking through the old paperwork. And it's like, oh, there was a for, big thing in 1940 when the, you know, when we flipped to a 24-hour radio broadcast. In 1940. It's a big thing in 1940 when we went to war. <laughs> no, we didn't go to war yet. Uh, 42? Andy, when was Pearl Harbor? I know that it... When was... Was that 41? Yes, 41. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we were basically in the war before that. Okay, so yeah, we would have declared war in December of 41, so we would have been in the war by 42. I always, I always, in my head, think 42 is when it really started for us. I mean, basically, because declaring war in, the, in December, December right? of 1941, yeah, it takes, it takes a second for the Well, the U, but the it US. didn't, because we were, we were already heavily involved. Okay, out of history. Out of history. What are we doing? Um, Those who don't learn history are doomed forever to repeat it. Do do you want to continue the Apple Epic Saga? Uh, Epic Games? Yes. Yeah, sure. Let's laugh at some other companies' miseries for now. Mm-hmm. Epic Games, who na- made like $19 million off of um, Fortnite last year. $19 million. I thought it was like $19 billion. Uh, I'm sorry, $1.8 billion. Jesus Christ, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's not even their main product. That's just like their little side gig. Oh, it's it's. I feel like it's now their main project. Is it? How much of Epic Games is behind Fortnite? And how much is behind making the Unreal Engine? Mm, that's, oh yeah, that's true. I have a feeling the Unreal Engine part of the company is significantly bigger. Although the Fortnite is the one that's making a shit ton of money. Well, I don't know. It's it's kind of like, in my mind, I'm picturing this kind of 
like the gold the gold rush of California. <laughs> Sorry, going back in history. There was so some, the gold rush? Well, I was saying some people, you know, that they, they hit that they hit that vein, made a ton of money, but they were a very flash in the pan sort of thing there. Ah, uh, you well, you're talking about PUBG. Well, I was saying like you know Fortnite was that it's it's the one that hit the vein, but then the Unreal Engine part of Epic that's kind of like your Levi, where they didn't actually strike gold, but they made a lot of money. Okay, I think your analogy is bad, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an analogies kind of guy, Andy. I'm with you. I think your analogy doesn't fit very well. Fortnite was a one-off that's making a lot of money. Unreal Engine is actually... Well, heck, is But Epic, is it a one-off? Like, is, is Epic a public company? Uh, no, it is owned by Tencent and a couple others, but it is not publicly traded. Oh, so we can't find out any sort of money stats. I don't think so, no. Yep, type private. So... Unable to find out. Yeah. Could call him. Ask. To be like, hey, just curious. Out Fort- of- Fortnite versus Unreal Engine. Where's your real money maker? Oh, no, no. Fortnite's probably making... Well, yeah, no, that would be interesting. Which makes the company more money and which costs the company more money? That's why I'm saying makes more, you know, instead of, you know... Instead of revenue, profit. That's the real question. Is they don't care about the revenue. Yeah, one point eight billion would be great. How much are they spending on this whole thing? Yeah. Versus, you know, the Unreal Engine. If they're licensing that out to everybody. Everybody. But it's free. Keep that in mind. They're up to giving a point. away they're giving away the engine. Up to a point. Yes. Once you once you once you go past that point. Once you monetize your product, you have to pay for the engine, but it's also like a percentage of what you make. Yes. Totally changing the, the um, I guess, the rules for engines, right? Prior to that, you bought the engine. Mm-hmm. If you bought the engine, you could use it. But then you bought it, and that was it. Now it's like, yes, you can use the engine for free. If you start making money off of a product that uses the engine... We are going to take some of that. So Apple and Fortnite. <laughs> uh, the continuation of last week, as a result of all the stuff that's going on, Apple has pulled all of Epic Games off of the App Store. But luckily, uh, the lawsuit, I forgot which one, it's either Epic's lawsuit or Apple's countersuit. Um, the judge said that the Unreal Engine stuff is still okay. Just the the ap- actual Epic Games, Apple was allowed to pull off their App Store. So if your app uses an Unreal Engine, you're fine. You mm-hmm. can still have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god, this is crazy though. Like, okay, what else? Did you get this FCM message in Hangouts? Um, the test notification? Yeah. 
I think I got a test notification from something. It said like FCM messages test notification. You got that on your phone? When did this happen? Uh, Earlier this week, like Monday-ish. It won't still be there. You never got a message that said test notification. Okay. Um, but but you might have gotten a notification that you got a message that said test notification. Hold on. Do I still have notification history on here or no? Nope, that was on my old phone. I didn't transfer it over. I had an app that actually kept a log of all notifications on my phone. That's cool. Yep. So FCM is Firebase Cloud Messaging. Firebase is a framework that Google has uh, that is used by a lot of apps for a lot of things. You can use it for authentication. You can use it for data storage. Uh, I'm actually looking at putting our website through a thing hosted on Fire, uh, Firebase. Uh, and it looks like there may have been a vulnerability in Firebase. It's not clear yet. Everyone is still investigating um, that allowed someone to trigger notifications across a multitude of devices. The first time it happened was with Hangouts. And so people started getting Hangouts notifications saying, you have a um, test message. Says like test notification. And then it happened in Teams. Oh, geez. Microsoft Teams. But again, only Android, only mobile, and it was only a notification. No actual message was sent. Hmm. So that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And falls right in line with everything else from 2020. Mm-hmm. God damn this year. Oh, did you see, speaking of notifications and such, did you see um, LG's new phone? No. Google the LG Wing. What, like a DeLorean of phones or something? LG Wing images. What the hell <laughs> is that? That's the LG Wing. So, it's a double thick phone mm-hmm. that you pivot, and so you've got the main phone and a little side screen. Yep. So there's a screen under the screen. Yep. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> I'm still trying to decide. I don't. I don't think I like it. What do you think? I think it's silly. I think it's a gimmick. Kind of like the foldable phones? Yeah. I think it's it's kind of gimmicky. You know, because there are some times where I would, you know, I have stuff on my phone and I want to have it on a tablet. So, you know what? I got myself a tablet. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. having this, it looks, you know, it second looks very screen like and folding Tricorder-ish, right? Yeah. But then you don't if you've got that do both screens need to be touch screens or just the one? How much does that second screen affect your battery life because your screen is your main source of battery drain? Yeah. How much does that second screen add to the cost? 
Well, it's rumored to cost $1,000. How well does it handle stress? Like, if I twist, is it going to pop off? Yeah, how does it, how does it handle drops with it open? Yep. Oh, God, what if you break both screens? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Primary screen will measure 6.8 inches, and the secondary screen, 4 inches. So that's a that's a big phone. Yeah, I mean it would have to be. Mm-hmm. Speaking of other silly things, Sony has opened pre-orders for the PlayStation Five. Uh wait a minute. <laughs> Hang on a second. Don't you need to know how much it costs first? You would think so, but. Or is this just like, yeah, give us a down payment. We'll hold one for you. Customers will be able to pre-order one PS5 console, either a digital or disc-based model. They can pre-order accessories, but only up to two of each item. U.S.-only initiative. Pre-orders will be on a first-come, first-served basis. But there is still no information on how much the PS5 will cost or when it will be released. So who's taking these pre-orders? That's not Sony that's doing it, right? The platform Sony uh, says that it will be sending invitations to a limited number of PSN users who register through the site based on previous interests in PlayStation activities, i.e. social media influencers and streamers. Yeah. Um, PS5 pre-order console process. Invite only one per customer PS5 pre-orders. What? You know, there's there's a really good YouTube video. Hang on. Don't buy console at launch. And I'm going to send this to you and you're going to listen to it. It's it's 2 minutes. We'll pause. I know that's extra effort for Andy that I'm volunteering him for. Nope, nope, I'm not accepting. <laughs> but like Listen, fine. I'm adding it as a topic. Don't buy game consoles at launch. There, add it as a topic. Uh, it is in the style of Schoolhouse Rock. And basically, it's a an educational thing saying like, look, these companies, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo are taking you for a ride. Game consoles since, like, the N64 have been shipping without good games at release. They're buggy and glitchy, and they require patches, and the companies are treating this like a, a beta, where they're launching the hardware and then fixing everything afterwards. Look at the publication date of that video. 2013. <laughs> Still true today. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the, basically the case of everything is don't, you know, don't get the equipment right off the bat. Don't buy a game console at I mean, launch. for goodness sakes, there was even broadcast equipment that cost, you know, multi-thousands of dollars that we got... Because it had some good features that we 
you know, it would make our lives a whole lot easier. And even then, you know, as soon as I get it out of the box, they're like, oh, yeah, no, you need to update the firmware twice. What? Wait, what? Like, Wait, but you just, you, it just came out. You just sent it to me and I already, there's already two firmware updates. Yeah, no, we noticed there was a problem with this part here and this part here. Wait, who, who's your QA? <laughs> What's QA? Yeah, that's that's sometimes that's I feel like the answer is what the heck is QA? That's yeah, oh, it's the people who buy it, early adopters. That's your right. QA. So what's this thing about wind power? Uh just really just that that we we have added a significant amount of wattage to the U.S. grid um, in wind power. A total of nine gigawatts. Or if you would prefer, nine gigawatts, <laughs> which means we could launch. Uh, was it? it's one point twenty one? So four, five, six, seven. I think you could do. Um, you could power seven DeLoreans going <laughs> through time off of the gigawattage of of the wind turbines added to the U.S. in the last year alone. Holy crap, did you see how large these things are? Wind turbines? Not, okay, so... I mean, yes, I see them a lot. Yeah, uh, average height now is averaging 90 meters. Average rotor diameter? Yeah. 120 meters. Wait, but the, the height has to be bigger than the blade. Oh, that's diameter. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, you can't do... What? Okay. The diameter is 120. Yes, so the height is averaging the, 90 meters now. The rotors are 60 meters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're big, man. They're 2.55 megawatts average per? capacity per wind turbine. What was that one map? There's the U.S. Wind Turbine <laughs> Database. Which is just fantastic. I love looking at this thing. Because you can see where the wind turbines are in the U.S. I also love the name. You can tell, like, different companies take their naming conventions very different ways. Because mm-hmm. uh, if I go look up, like, near Cadillac, I get the project name is the, like, Stony Corners. Stony Corners 2. Stony Corners 3. But if I go look at, like... Oh, there's a lot of wind between Mount Pleasant and St. John. Oh, yeah. That is a huge wind farm. I There are still, I remember, because I've, I've driven all over southwest Michigan. Yeah. For the last couple of years. Yeah. The amount of wind turbine stuff that you would see on the roads, just crazy. But, like, this is enormous. Mm-hmm. I wonder whose land that is. It's also a big wind farm. Oh, those are huge turbines. A lot of it's farmland because the cows don't care. Yeah. You know, farmers getting paid most likely more than he would be getting for crops to Just rent the land. The, the land, yeah. Yep. Total rated capacity for this project is 100 megawatts. The other three point four megawatts per turbine. The 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 question though is, 
infrastructure behind them. That's great. You can put a whole bunch of uh, wind turbines up. But what are you doing when the wind stops? Uh, are you, turning are you, to Tesla. <laughs> and their Australian battery pack or whatever that giant massive thing was? That they put together in like no what? time at all? Yeah. Right? That was, that was the deal. was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do it in less than a year. And if we take too long, it'll be free. Well, no, I mean, so wind is just part of it, right? You should have wind, you should have solar. You should have nuclear. No. Yes. Not if you get enough wind and solar and batteries. However, in the meantime, nuclear is better than coal. Yes. So, yeah, let's put up some nuclear plants. That would be nice. Did we, did we, did we talk about ITER? Did we remember to talk about that like a week ago or two weeks ago? Do you know what ITER is? I-T-E-R. Internet Technology Electricity Registration? Nope. Try again. International. International is correct. Okay. International. Thermonuclear. Thermonuclear energy something. Experimental reactor. Oh, international thermonuclear and experimental. Okay. I-T-E-R. All right. Here's, here's a cool thing that we can talk about that's actually positive. They broke ground on construction for ITER. Where? France. Oh, good. Um, but it is theoretically... <laughs> It's all theory. That's why they're building it, right? The E stands for experimental. Theoretically, it will be a positive value. Like, it will return more energy than it uses fusion reactor. People have talked about this for a while. Fusion power is always 30 to 40 years away. Yep. Yeah, well, guess what? (laughs) It might actually be 30 to 40 years away. It might be significantly less. IDAR began as a 1985 Reagan-Gorbachev initiative. Yep. Welcome back to history class, everybody. But they broke ground on it. They are building the reactor. Planned achievement of first plasma is 2025. So call it, what, three years to build it? A year and a half to inspect it, and half a year to run it up? No, 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 no. Assembly is going till 2025. Assembly ends in 2025, and then supposedly they're also planning their achievement of first plasma. That's ambitious. How cool would that be? Five years away from a fusion reactor? (laughs) That would be nice. Oh, (laughs) That's that's the achievement of first plasma. Um, twenty thirty five would be the start of operation. Oh, so they're just gonna they'll run experiments for ten years. Twenty thirty five is fifteen years away. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay, so wait a minute, because I I saw a bunch of things that they they like started. Oh, okay, they broke ground on it years ago. 
in July of this year, they started building the machine. Ground was broken in 2007. Hmm. But the machine assembly was started uh, July 28th, one month ago. Jeez. Still, it's big news if it works. Mm-hmm. It's big news if it doesn't. But yeah, no, nuclear... So you're talking about nuclear fission as a yes. power source, yes. as a, a intermediate while we get ourselves up on true renewables. Well, I thought I read somewhere by the, you know, with the global energy consumption yeah at its current rate renewables will not be able to be a 100% source i thought i read that somewhere i would have to do some digging can we just hurry up and get like space based power get some solar collectors up in the up in the, the like in orbit oh man the astronomers are pissed at the spacex satellites I would be too, if that were if that were my field. Putting a lot of satellites into low orbit, yep, and not leaving like windows in them. But think if you had a giant solar collector up there. To... Well, ideally, <laughs> Andy, the solar collector would be like on the sun side, right? I was expecting them to be. You know, I mean, I guess they'd be in orbit, but when they're not on the sun side, they're not going to be doing much. What if they? I'd have to see it. I'd show. I'd have to see a GIF on this. Okay. Right. Um. Uh, should we hit the randoms? Sure. I would like to review a crown of candy presented by Dimension Twenty, distributed by. Dropout TV. Yeah, you you had alluded to this. You had you had touched on this a couple of times before. Yeah. Take Candyland. Yep. And Game of Thrones. And mix it with Game of Thrones, and that is the setting for a D&D game. Now take six relatively accomplished comedians slash writers slash actors. And uh, one comedian, writer, actor, author who's a fantastic game master uh, and put them in a room with a bunch of cameras and, you know, professional editing and, and production equipment and production teams and go. It's fantastic. It is so well done. And so riveting and so emotional. And yes, it's funny because a bunch of them are comedians. But it's not all funny. Like, I had legitimate scenes where I was crying with the, the player because the player was crying because the character was crying. Hmm. It was good. It was emotional. It was riveting. It was like... Oh, my God. And it's so, like, he built this whole world of calorum, right? If you want food puns, this thing has so many food puns. All of the, 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 so there's, there's these different countries, right? There's Candia is a country, uh, which is 
the candy and sweets and sugary things. There's the Dairy Islands. There's uh, Fructera, which is made up entirely of fruit. And when I say, like, made up of fruit, I mean the emperor of the the empire is a grape. Not just, like, a dude with grape traits or a dude representing a grape. He is literally an anthropomorphic grape. He's a grape with a face and eyes and hands and legs and arms, and he is a grape. Okay. It's so good. Oh my god, the the meat land to the north, and there's this whole world, and the lore goes deep. The lore, Andy. He made lore for Candyland. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Uh, it is in two-hour-ish chunks. So, Oh, it's Emily! A, yep. Emily from College Humor. And Adam ruins everything because Adam was also from College, College Humor. College Humor, yep. Yeah, it's run by uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan, who is just fantastic. Um, they do oh, a great job. Brian's there too? Murph? Yep. Yep. And Zach Oyama. Yeah, yeah, you know Brian and Emily are married, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> they actually have their own D&D podcast. Really? Yep. That's that's hilarious. Yep. Jeez. No, this is really good. This is like the the downsides, the the biggest downside is that the episodes are long. They are two-hour-long chunks. Oh, jeez. And it, it follows a pattern where there's an episode of just, like, we're going to do pure role-play. Um, there's no... Typically, there's no encounter in there. It's just, like, here's what's happening. How are you reacting? What are you doing? What are you saying? And then the next episode... That episode will end with them rolling initiative. And then the next episode starts. And that's a, an encounter episode. And so that's uh, they they pull out a battle mat, except they don't have a battle mat. They because it's a professional production, so they have like a friggin' three D printed slash artistically rendered slash like whatever field that they are playing in, and they have minis of their characters, which were created by a production crew and an artist who designed them, and it's so good. Um, but there, it's long, it's long and it's on dropout. So you have to subscribe to dropout, which I'm actually okay with. I, I have a subscription to dropout now and I'm glad that I do. Cause like these people deserve that money. They, they are, I'm happy to purchase this product from them. Well, it seems interesting. It is so interesting. Uh, I believe the first episode is on YouTube. All two hours of it? Crown of Candy, episode one, in sweetness. Uh, there is strength in sweetness. It is, yep, all two hours of episode okay. one. There is strength in sweetness, which are the words of House Candy. I'm sorry, House Rocks of Candy. Because the king of Candia is... Pop rocks. Okay. He's he is made of pop rocks. He's because yeah. 
Uh, yeah, so the entire first episode is available on YouTube for free. And then if you like it, you can go subscribe to Dropout. And there's a two-month free... Or not two months, two, like a, a week or two-week free trial of Dropout. Don't know if I'm going to be able to get that far through it. Yep. But you could watch the first episode, like, you could put it in the background. You, you don't need to be actively watching, because it's just a bunch of people sitting around the table talking and doing funny voices. Mm-hmm. But it's really good. It's really good, Andy. That's my review. All right. So, the random topic. Yes. Sorry, I'm trying to get a link for this thing to uh, post for the, the page. Um, the random topic is which one of you would make a better TMZ reporter Andy okay 100% Andy would be a better TMZ reporter you you have so much more knowledge about like celebrity about who's who you would recognize celebrities yeah, I'm. I'm not arguing against you on this at all. Yeah. This sometimes I really like sometimes when you get an easy, um, random topic where it's it's just like, which of this is blah, and like that's Andy. Done. <laughs> Who'd be better at like installing lights in a house, Andy? Duh. Who'd be better at laser tag, Dave? Again, like easy answers. That's it. That, that's all I got. Yeah, you no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, I'm, I'm on TMZ right now, which is, uh... I, don't, I have to even look up, like, what TMZ is. Oh, did you... Okay, there there is one, one final thing. Did you see the back and forth about LeBron and Donald Trump? No. So, Trump says something about, like, LeBron's not that good. Uh, I would probably beat him in a, a dunking competition if it weren't for my bone spurs. <laughs> like, what? So LeBron's like, you know, fine. Uh, you, you know, people suffer from that all the time, uh, but I'll be happy to, to take the president on in a spelling bee. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Yeah. All right, are we good? Yep, I I guess that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 